First of all, welcome back to the NBA Culture Podcast. I am your host, Harvey Banks. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, which is my favorite sports book to use. So I got a special deal for you. Follow the link in the show notes or go to harveybanks.com slash FanDuel, harveybanks.com slash FanDuel, or follow the link in the show notes. If you're listening on YouTube, it'll be in the description. We got a special little deal for you. So sign up for an account, deposit your first $10 and make your first $10 bet. Now, whether that bet wins or loses, I'm going to send you 50 bucks of credit into your account. $53 to bet with. You can bet an NBA future or you can just lose some money with me on this NFL season because you know, like, what the fuck? Right? FanDuel Sportsbook. Again, follow the link in the show notes or the description, or you can just go to harveybanks.com slash FanDuel. Let's get the show started. Um, the NBA season, man, it's right around the corner. Today was media day, which tells us that, hey, we're about three weeks out from tipping this thing off. Normally, I don't do much during the offseason, as you guys that have stuck with me through three seasons now may have realized, right? I'm not one to just get on and just talk about the stupid shit that happens over the summer and the stuff that really usually never amounts to much. But... I'm here for the Ben Simmons talk today. There was no way I wasn't going to get on here and explain or attempt to explain perhaps both sides of this Ben Simmons argument. So for those of you that don't know, Benjamin Simmons plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, I'm just kidding. All you guys that listen, you know who Ben Simmons is. You know the situation in Philly is not great. Uh, (laughs) it's been not great pretty much since the end of the playoffs, but it seems to be taking a turn for the worst or better, depending on which side you are. And this is one of those tricky situations where I don't know who's right and who's wrong because I legitimately can see it from both sides. Right. And so since I can see it from both sides. I think I'm in a unique position to, you know, exercise some of my acting skills. And first, I'm going to be Ben Simmons today and I'm going to take on the character of Ben Simmons and I'm going to present my case to you, the people, as to why Philly got me fucked up. Then I'm going to switch. And in act two, I'm going to be Daryl Morey and the Philadelphia 76ers brass, right? And I'm going to explain to you why Ben Simmons got us fucked up. And I'm going to attempt to make it compelling, a compelling argument for both. Right. All while kind of explaining how we got here. So I'm going to be Ben Simmons first. Act one. (laughs) I always wanted to say that I'm not a good actor, but this is how we're going to do this. I'm Ben Simmons. Hey, Philly. 
Remember? You drafted me. You took me first. You want to know why? You seen what I can do on a basketball court. You seen that I was 6'10", probably a good 215, 225 at the time, right? I'm up at about 235, 240 now, right? But but let's get back to then. You seen me and you seen my special skill set that I brought to the table. And in that skill set, nobody, nobody, nobody had shooting the three listed as a bullet point. Nor did nobody, nobody, nobody look at video and say, ah, oh, this kid's going to be a great point guard in the NBA because he shoots it good. So you drafted me for who I was, a 6'10 point guard with excellent court vision that runs the floor and defends better than any other point guard in the NBA, partially because I'm a, you know, I'm 6'10, I'm a big dude, but also because I got that willingness when it comes to defense. I actually want to win defensive player of the year. And I've actually had two seasons where the statistics may say I should have got it, but whatever, right? This is who I was. We did pre-draft interviews. This is exactly who I told you that I wanted to be, right? And y'all, the Sixers and the media said, this kid is a jump shot away from becoming LeBron James. That's what you said about me. You were right. Body type, vision, um, command, guarding positions one through four. All of that shit that you said makes me special is the reason that you invested that number one pick in me. I came into the league with that resume, with those bullet points with the number one overall pick. And I immediately began to show you exactly what you paid for immediately. And it was praise throughout the NBA from you guys, from my peers to the media. This kid is special. This kid is, he doesn't shoot, but he does so many other things on the floor this kid is special. Just surround him with shooters and he will find them because he's special. Put him in pick and roll defense. It doesn't matter who you have him guarding. He's special. So special that we all had a debate. Who was the rookie of the year? Hmm. Remember that? I'm special. You paid for something. I came in and I delivered. Then I continued to literally be the same person that you paid for. No better, no worse. Everyone said I needed to develop a shot. I said, that's not really my game. I'm just going to play my game. I'm just going to play my game. 
I'm just going to play my game because playing my game has got me to the NBA and playing my game made me a number one pick. Then I played my game and I was right there for rookie of the year. Then I played my game into being an all-star level point guard. And I played my game into getting you guys to commit large money to me in an ext- like an extension capacity, as in you didn't have to do this, but you chose to do this because I was exactly what you paid for. I then had a very bad postseason. I, I can't. I, I, I'm with you guys. I fucked up. I had a bad postseason. And then the shooting thing got into my head. And I have to get better at free throws. And you're absolutely right. This was the moment that I was like, fuck. Okay, cool. It's This might be on me, bro. Like, you're right. And I do need to be better. For the first time in my career, I've been hit. What I do need to be better. For the first time since you drafted me, you were able to hit me with a you have to be better for the first time since you extended my contract because you fully believed in what I was on the court. You're saying you need to be better. I'm also saying, yeah, I kind of need to be better, but I'm also saying it's the first time. Now, I want you all to take a trip back to 2011 with me. See, because when I came into the league, y'all compared me to this dude that had been balling. He had been balling in Cleveland. Then he took his talents to South Beach. And in 2011, the Miami Heat and LeBron James, who you compare me to all the time, who was actually my brother, brother, because my agent is his brother, brother. And we all represent this beautiful clutch thing. Right. But anyways, that's my brother. My brother has a TV show called The Shop on HBO. It's quite a good show. You should check it out. On there, he was asked about the 2011 NBA Finals where everyone kind of agreed that, hey, man, it just wasn't it. He didn't show up. He was very passive. Now, I know I might be comparing apples to oranges here. Hey, I'm just saying. He didn't show up. He didn't have the clutch gene. He didn't seem like he wanted. He was deferring to Dwayne Wade. All of these things. If you don't remember, he was torched for this for years. He says that was the first time he faced adversity and had to look himself in the mirror. And he said the people were right. And he said I had to grow from that. And I did. And he said, people look at it like my biggest failure, but it's actually my biggest accomplishment. And he said, yeah, it happens sometimes. So let's bring it back to present day. And again, I'm going to remind you, this is the first time, the first time, the first time where you can look at a performance of mine and be like, bro, that ain't it. And I can say, Fuck, yeah, you're right. It's not it. But let me tell you what you chose to do. First of all, Doc Rivers. 
I know everybody loves Doc Rivers, right? But at some point, are we not going to have to have the conversation about Doc and the teams that he leaves, how he leaves them in disarray? How at every single stop that he's been on, he has alienated a superstar to the point that they have wanted out? Remind you, Ray Allen. Now, Ray Allen also had issues with Kevin Garnett. But instead of smooth that over, Doc clearly took a side, right? Then when it was quite obvious that, you know, hey, that whole situation is fucked. Doc proceeded to move on to the next location, which, I mean, I don't doubt you from that. Do your thing, right? So Doc gets to L.A. and they have got every single piece they believe that they need to win a championship. Hmm. Chris Paul is believed to be one of the class guys in the NBA. Most people love him. He is the president of the Players Association, voted there. And like players trust him to represent them. Owners trust him to disseminate information correctly to the players. And he's the gap between, you know, ownership, upper level management and kind of the players. You got to be a pretty easy dude to get along with if you're going to be in positions such as that for as long as he has been. Right. So let's give him a grade of overall good dude. It doesn't work out with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers and Chris Paul buttheads. Chris Paul demands a trade out of L.A. and ended up going to Houston. But like and before he landed in Phoenix, but. Chris Paul's got class and he know he has to work with owners and stuff, so he's not going to come out and explicitly say, I don't fuck with Doc like that. But Chris Paul don't fuck with Doc like that. So there's another superstar level player who, eh, for whatever reason, it just don't work out. It eventually starts to fall apart in L.A. And. Doc in L.A. decided it's in Doc's best interest or L.A.'s best interest. Again, it's one of those tricky things. You know, you never know who sides with really winning to part ways. So Doc then comes here you know, to Philly. And we got me and we got Joel Embiid, who's never a hundred. We've never really got along, but we got a pretty decent working relationship. Right. And within one year. Within one calendar year. It is to the point that Joel Embiid feels super comfortable being just as passive aggressive as Doc Rivers is. If Joel would have pulled me to the side and said, hey, hey, bro, you got to do better. We got to get you shooting. Let's fucking grind this offseason. That's one thing. But he didn't do that. What did he do in the post game? He says. Something to the effect of, you know, when you got guys passing up wide open dunks and stuff like that on the court, you don't know where the mind is at, such and such. Everybody at this point knows that he's talking about Ben Simmons. He had a chance to come to my defense. He didn't do it. I'm not saying he was wrong in what he was saying, but there's like that other side of being a teammate and going to bat for somebody. And he chose not to cool. The writing was on the wall that also that, 
the organization is leaning. We're gonna this is this is Embiid's team. We're rolling with him. Doc also could have, you know, cooled the situation down and publicly said, Hey, you know, Ben is our guy. Like, he struggled. We all struggled because we lost as a team. But that's our guy. Y'all can cut that shit out now. He also didn't do that. Again, the passive aggressive nature tells me that the writing's on the wall. When every sector of the media is saying, yo, Ben Simmons has to go. He's the problem. And you don't come out and say, Ben Simmons is not tradable, period. He's our guy. That tells me the door's open. So before I get pushed out the door, I'm going to walk out the door. See, because getting pushed out the door, you never know where you're going to fall. But if I walk out, I could go left. I could go right. I could smoothly walk down the steps if I want to, right? I can kind of do it on my own accord. So that's what I'm choosing to do. I am well aware that I have years left on my contract. But if you say that what I do isn't good enough for you, let it be good enough for someone else. You say you can't win with Ben Simmons. Why in the fuck would you want to pay me a king's ransom worth of money over the next four years if you know it ain't going to work? Why would you want to do that? Because that's what you say. I say I still bring value. You say, no, you don't. Well, let's just see. I'm Ben Simmons. And I know that doesn't carry as much weight as it did eight and a half months ago. But I'm coming back. Because I know what I am, not what I was. I know what you drafted. I know what you extended. I know what the league scene. I know the fear I put into teams trying to figure us out defensively when I'm on the court as well as offensively. I have options. And I'm willing to sit out, not come to work, and potentially lose $33 million this year. Because that's how firmly I believe in exactly who I am. And if you feel the same and you believe that it's over, that I'm not what you thought I was, that you can't win with me, prove it. Put your money where your mouth is. Trade me. Simple as that. Now, I don't know how to transition to scene two, act two. Shoo. Now, I'm Daryl Morey. I'm just playing. I do not know how Daryl Morey sounds. So I'm not going to be Daryl Morey or Doc because his voice is fucking ridiculous, too. I'm going to be Philly executive number one. Get a drink of my coffee real quick. Hey, Ben. Oh, have a seat. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good to see you, too, buddy. Haven't heard from you in a while. Um, reached out a couple times, but I understand it's the summer. You're enjoying yourself. Um, 
I don't know what the fuck you think this is, but uh, you got us all the way fucked up. See, Ben, you have a job. Bunch of Americans in this country have jobs and you got a job. Now, I ain't going to try to compare you to the average worker in this country, because guess what, Ben? Even in your current capacity, you bring more value to your job than 99.9% of other people that they bring to their job. So does that get you a little extra leeway? You're absolutely right. And Ben, if this were the final year of your contract, you'd be absolutely right. Because then I could lose you in free agency for nothing. And why would I do that? I would like to put you where you want to be and me get what I need in return. And hey, this thing didn't work out, but let's do this amicably. See, but it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, You got four years left on this contract and you were paid in the top 10% of players in this league to do a job. So I'd be good. God damn. If you're not about to come and do this job, Ben, you can be upset if you want to. But you're upset with us because you didn't perform. You're upset with Joel Embiid. Because he called you out because you didn't perform. It ain't what he said. It's how he said it. Yeah, nah, bro. That's not going to fly over here. Bring your ass to work. Because that's how these contracts work. Sure, when it's advantageous for us, we will trade your ass. Period. And I understand your point about if we don't think we can win with you, why would we continue to pay you for the next four years? Let me explain business to you, Benjamin Simmons. We have a contract with you. Now, whether I look at this contract as wasted money already or not, I do have an obligation to honor that contract. Because if I don't and I let you just leave and we trade you away and let me be honest about something, Ben, if I make a trade right now for you, there's nothing I can get in return that's going to equal you. And that's a testament to you. See, because when you make these trades, every trade that gets made is How you judge the winner and the loser is based on a prediction of what it could be. The potential of the assets that you get back in a trade. Very rarely are you trading two parts that give you right now value, right? Most of the time, these things have to do with potential. Ben Simmons You may have the most potential of anybody that laces up their shoes to walk on a basketball court right now. And I'm not stupid. I know that. But the problem with you, Ben, is you're stubborn. We told you, hey, Ben, we now need you to shoot. We didn't say we needed you to shoot 10 threes a game. 
We didn't say we needed you to shoot 40% from three. We just said we need you to shoot so that the threat of you shooting is there. That way they can't just stand in the paint and guard you and make it very difficult for Joel Embiid and for our slashers. Tobias Harris needs you to shoot. (laughs) Please open the floor up for Tobias Harris just a little bit. Right? This is all we asked Again, we didn't ask you if you went out there and you jacked up 10 threes a night and you're shooting 25% or something like that. Ben, I'm telling you at the end of the goddamn season, I'll give you a fucking bonus. I know you shot like shit, but you shot, son. That's all we need you to do because that's enough for us to kind of do what we need to do. That threat is enough because you're going to start to knock down some threes if you just start shooting them. It's just the way the law of law of averages works. So. It's a very simple thing we ask you to start doing. <laughs> I know we're not asking you to do anything you're not capable of. See, because every summer you go out there and you put out these little videos and we see you taking shots and making shots. And Ben, that shit looked natural and it looks good and we're happy to see it. Then you show up for work and we ask you, hey, can you do that shit you did in the summer? And it's like, you want to do it, but you don't want to do it just because we want you to do it. And it seems kind of childish. I'm going to be honest with you, Ben. Seems kind of childish. Therefore, if I cave and I trade you now, I am saying that childish behavior is how you get what you want. I can't say that because I got a team that I still got to lead business-wise After you're gone. So would I rather pay you for four years of nothing than trade you and the chance that you might get it together? Even if you don't, I set the precedent that you could just get out if you decide not to come to work. I can't do that, Ben, because I got 20 other executives that have called me. In the last week and said, if you trade that nigga Ben Simmons right now. Then that's the end of the modern day sports contract. They hold no weight and no guarantee for the organization. And it puts us in a very, very vulnerable state. So I'm sorry, Ben. I just can't do it. Even though. I want your ass up out of here just as much as you want to be up out of here. But it looks like we're married for a few more years because I can't let my next bitch think that she can get away with this type of behavior just as well. Have a good day, Ben. You see that? I'm I'm back to being me now, host of this wonderful podcast, the NBA Culture Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, everywhere you want to get podcasts at, right? YouTube, Twitch, all that shit. But anyways, you see what I mean about how like, uh, yeah, I kind of see both ways on this one, right? Both sides can make compelling arguments. So now let me forecast a little bit about what I think is going to happen. I'm going to be honest with you. million is a lot of money, and it doesn't feel like it right now to Ben because Ben's got money already. But 
from what I heard, Ben just bought a massive house in Calabasas, right? And like you buy stuff like that based on your earning potential. A lot of that potential is based off of money you already earned, but like it's also got earning potential is in that equation of some boy when them checks stop like stop showing up, it's gonna make a difference. And then I read something that is like for every day of training camp he misses, he could miss like $117,000 or something crazy like that. Ben, 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 take your ass to work. Take your ass to work. I don't think they about to trade you, bruh, because it's just not advantageous to them to trade you now. They may trade you at the at the all-star break. When a team is a literally a Ben Simmons away from taking that next step. And if it ain't really going well there, then they there may be a trade on the table that benefits both sides. Right now, this shit is just going to benefit you. And if I know what I know about owners of businesses and just life, Ben, they're not about to do you this favor, bro. It's just not how business works. It's not how the world works. Business is never set up for the employee to win. <laughs> Ever. It's just not how business works. So therefore, you have to decide. Are you really willing to lose all this money and a year of basketball? Now, I know if there's one person that in the NBA that is, it's, it could be Ben Simmons. He's a little different. But I don't think so. I don't think so. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and there's not a lot of options on the table. So, therefore, Ben, you got to get to work, bro. And I think it's going to end that way with Ben showing up to work. But I guess we'll see. It's media day in the NBA. We're a few weeks away. Aren't you excited? Can't you feel it already? It's the NBA Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Harvey Banks. I appreciate you. I really do. If you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow button so you get notified on all the new episodes. We're back to Monday and Thursday every single week. Another NBA season. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and subscribe. Please rate and subscribe. Share this shit with friends. Follow me on Instagram at NBA Culture. I'm on Twitter at Just a Kid from KY. Y'all want to throw some money around FanDuel Sportsbook? Click that link in the show notes or go to HarveyBanks.com/slash FanDuel. I appreciate you. I'll see you Thursday.